morning, everyone. So I am convinced that I have the greatest honor this morning, and that is introducing our speaker, as y'all were just told. So Carly and I were set up on a blind friend date um, approximately six months ago. I actually don't know if that's accurate, but it's been about six months since I have met her, um, and I am just convinced that that um, match was just completely led by the Holy Spirit. Um, she is truly one of the most genuine people that I have ever met. Um, she is not afraid of hard conversations. We uh, have been able to have really, I think, challenging conversations just about where we're at in our lives and our faith. Um, and so I am so, so excited that y'all get to experience that with her because she, I, I am, she is one of my closest friends. And again, we met six months ago. So I am just so excited that you're going to get to hear what God has placed on her heart. So please join me in welcoming Carly McMinn. Good morning, LCU. So y'all are well into the spring semester. You're about to go to spring break, and that's so exciting. But I think everyone knows what this time means, and that is that it's engagement season. And for all the single people in the house, I know this is a time when we become hyper-aware of our lack of significant other, am I right? <laughs> and ironically, I actually just got back last night from one of my best childhood friends' proposals. It was awesome. They're so good for each other. And then two weekends ago, I was in one of my other best friends' weddings, Love You Cam. And um, for me, that brings the tally to six weddings that I've been a bridesmaid or maid of honor, and in this summer it'll be seven, so it's got to be some kind of record. Um, and if you need a bridesmaid's dress, just let me know, because I probably have the color. Um, through these past couple years, though, there are many things that I have learned about singleness, and there are things that I really wish I would have known and more so believed in junior high, high school, and college. And I want you, if you're in the same boat as me, to know and believe these things, too. The first truth is that singleness is not a weakness, and it's not embarrassing. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this, but many times when I've gone to my hometown to visit, and I'll be going to church on Sunday with my family, some older, well-intentioned lady will come up to me and say, Oh, Carly, it's so good to see you. Are you dating anyone? It's always the first question. And I'm like, No, Nancy, but thank you for your concern. <laughs> and this might be a hot take, but I really think that people in relationships and older and wiser people need to stop pitying single people, and single people need to stop pitying themselves. Um, do you realize that as a single person, you have unique abilities and strengths that other people don't? In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul writes about the value of singleness. Chapter 7 of the New Living Translation says, I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God, of one kind or another. He also goes on to write, starting in verse 32, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. 
But a woman who is married has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So singleness is good. It allows you to focus on the Lord, build relationships, and serve. But notice how Paul says, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. Later, he also specifically goes on to say that being married is not a sin, just to be clear, even though he's such a proponent of singleness. Marriages are obviously good things. God compares Jesus and the church um, as a church being his bride. And Proverbs says, he who finds a wife finds what is good. So marriage is obviously holy, but just know that singleness is holy too. I also want you to know that you are not behind. When I was in high school, I was 17 years old, and I hadn't dated a boy yet. And I remember feeling like I was so behind, like I was losing out, like I was wasting time. But even if I hadn't dated anyone up to this point, I still wouldn't be behind. Um, Know that this is not a season of waiting or wasting time. This time is so useful. And singleness is a time for living and doing and becoming. And your potential is not determined by your dating life. God does not bless people in relationships more than those who aren't. And you might be blessed with singleness, even if it wasn't a blessing you were hoping to get. Another important note with this whole discussion is that embracing singleness and contentedness does not mean that you're never interested in marriage. In fact, contentedness with just you and God actually allows you to look more diligently for a spouse. Because when you don't fear being alone, you find such a sweet freedom. You don't date just to not be single. You date to find someone who will help you build the kingdom better. And if you're looking to become more like Jesus and being with a person doesn't help you accomplish that, then you probably shouldn't be with them in the first place. True peace in your circumstances also gives you the ability to celebrate the marriages of those around you better. When I was first a bridesmaid, it was in my sister's wedding, and honestly, I had some bitterness, some jealousy, and I felt guilty because of that, because I just wanted to celebrate her. And I'm thankful to say that because of what the Lord has taught me, especially over the last six months, I'm able to be more joyful and supportive of my friends who are in that season. So the next truth I'm going to share with you is a little bit harder to swallow and something that I don't think I ever heard growing up, and that is that marriage is not promised to you. When you follow God, he doesn't automatically grant you a spouse. And I've heard many people say, I'm just trying to work through this season of singleness, but what if it's not just a season? I know it sounds a little disheartening, but... When I was younger, I also always imagined that I'd either marry someone from high school or meet my spouse in college and be married shortly after. But the thing is, God knows what we need better than we know. In Matthew 7, verse 7 through 12, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? 
If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. But what if we don't pray for good gifts? Or maybe we pray for good gifts, but not the best gifts. What if we pray for stones? God will still give us the good gifts. Even though marriage is good, sometimes singleness is better. Discontentment with singleness can really, in my opinion, be boiled down to one question. Do I actually trust that God knows what is better for me more than I know for myself? Psalms does say, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But he also shows us grace by giving us what we need rather than only what we desire. There's a reason the first half of the verse says to take delight in the Lord. When we first look to the Lord, our desires begin to align with his desires for us. The goal of your life cannot be just marriage or you won't be fulfilled. Just like it can't be perfect grades, prestigious awards, a dream career, a perfect family. When our biggest desires become Jesus, when we just want more of Jesus, that desire will be fulfilled. When we start praying for the bread and the fish, he will deliver because he is a good, good God who gives good gifts. When you are pursuing contentedness, a great place to start is with gratitude. Ask yourself, have I thanked the Lord for where I am as much as I've prayed for him to take me somewhere else? God is in the business of blessing, not wasting. He's going to use where you are in your life if you allow him. Remember that your circumstances are opportunities, however unpleasant you may find them. Your individual capacity for joy and adventure and success and kingdom work is not dependent on your relationship status. The potential for your life does not hinge on those things. It hinges on the cross. Thank you. You're dismissed.